Welcome to the first ever episode of the Fourth Quarter Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Martin, and I have the honor, no, I should say the privilege, of being your guide as we get to talk about all things sports here on the 4QP. And to get started as we dive here into the world of sports, we're going to be talking about something that's pretty close to my heart, that hits close to home. We're going to be talking about the NBA, the NBA draft in particular. We're going to be doing our little mock draft, a little bit of the lottery here super fast. Uh, so we're going to just kind of give you a quick rundown, each of the 14 teams. So we're going th- 1 through 14. So just to give you kind of a quick idea super fast, we have the Spurs at 1, the Charlotte Hornets at 2, the Portland Trailblazers at 3, Houston Rockets at 4, Detroit Pistons at 5, Orlando Magic at 6, Indiana Pacers at 7, Washington Wizards at 8, Utah Jazz at 9, Dallas Mavericks at 10, Orlando Magic at 11, Oklahoma City Thunder at 12, Toronto Raptors at 13, and the New Orleans Pelicans at 14. So we'll go ahead and just get right into it. The San Antonio Spurs are looking for a centerpiece, and who better to fit that mold than Victor Wembanyama, the unicorn? And I'd give this fit here a A+, and it's for obvious reasons. I mean, if you haven't seen the tape yet, you have to go video. I mean, you have to go watch the video. It's it's incredible. He's seven foot five with shoes on, 225 pounds, plays offense like Kevin Durant, defense like Kevin Garnett. I mean, he has MVP caliber potential. I don't think there is a single package in the NBA that you could give me that I would trade for, for Victor Wembenyama. Uh, if I'm the Spurs, I'm keeping this pick. I'm keeping, <laughs> you know, another generational talent. Of course, you get Tim Duncan, or you know, you get David Robinson with your first ever first overall pick. Then you get a guy like Tim Duncan for your second. And now you get Victor Wembanyama for your third. I'd say the San Antonio Spurs have struck gold every time that they get into the lottery. They've struck gold once again. We'll go ahead and move on to the Charlotte Hornets now. They're looking for another centerpiece to add to their rebuilding roster uh, since they have guys like LaMelo Ball. Uh, they had Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges kind of had that whole incident uh, with the domestic abuse thing, and now they're put him on suspension. Don't really know where that's going to go, uh, but they have P.J. Washington. They have Mark Williams. They have good pieces uh, to start building that rebuild, and right now I know we're not really looking for, I mean, if I'm the Charlotte Hornets, right, I'm I'm not screwing this up. I mean, they always get second best it feels like, but this is one of those uh this is one of those picks that you've just you've got to take a swing on. The first pick, right? And that's Scoot Henderson. You can either it's a toss up between Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson. If I'm the Charlotte Hornets, I'm taking Scoot Henderson. I don't love the fit next to LaMelo Ball, uh but you have to take the best play, player available in the uh in the draft this high up. Uh, I'd give this fit an A minus just because of, like I said, I don't love the fit next to Lamelo. They do complement each other's weaknesses. Um, however, I think they're both so on ball dominant players that they both need the ball in their hands uh, in order for them to succeed, in order for them to uh, secure their highest potential. Uh, we're going to be moving on to the Portland Trailblazers now. 
Uh, in this case, they've got the number three pick. They're looking for an all-star caliber wing. Uh, that has been the rumor that they're looking for that type of player to pair up next to Damian Lillard uh, in their attempt to win a championship. They are unwilling to part with Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard seems to be unwilling to part with Portland, wants to stay and win inside of Portland. I think they should have moved on from Damian Lillard a long time ago, vice versa. Um, but if you're the Portland Trailblazers here, you're going with Brandon Miller. Uh, unless they trade this pick, this is about as good as it gets for Portland. They can pair him with Dame, and they can either watch him boom or bust. I really think Brandon Miller has that type of potential where it's either you're going to have a Paul George type of player uh, or you're going to have a guy that just drops off the face of the earth. Brandon Miller, uh, great scorer, great rebounder, uh, really plays high-level defense, really smart playmaking, um, but he just really needs to uh, improve kind of his mentality, his leadership it, on, that, on that end of the floor. Um, I know that uh, teams have been high on him as of recently. There were a lot of off-court issues with the whole gun incident and everything like that with uh, one of his buddies, him purchasing uh, a firearm for one of his friends that later ended up killing another human being. Uh, very, very tragic situation. Uh, outside of that, though, like I said, I'd put the fit as an A uh, just because, like I said, uh, it's kind of a tie between Scoot and Brandon Miller. Uh, before we kind of start going into a different tier of players, we're looking at the Houston Rockets at four. They're looking for kind of a point guard or a leader. Out of all the best available prospects that are on the board, I'm sticking with Amen Thompson here out of the overtime elite. Uh, he's super bouncy duo with him and Jalen Green. He can facilitate, get to the rim, while Jalen Green hits buckets from the outside. Jalen Green, also a super bouncy, athletic type of player. Um, but in this case, Amen Thompson, high, incredible IQ, uh, can really spread the floor, uh, can really uh, make it so that uh, he can get open players uh, when he drives to the floor. He's got that quick, elite first step uh, that teams have been looking for in most players. Uh, he is one of the 99th or 100th percentile athletes. Uh, his That first step and his ability to control his uh, his body in the air is unworldly. If you haven't seen footage of him, I would uh, highly recommend taking a look on YouTube. I'd give this fit an A uh, just because, like I said, Rockets are looking for a point guard. He's 6'7", 220. Uh, he's got a great build for an NBA player. He can really come in and make an impact, especially with Ime Udoka taking over things in Houston. Now we're moving on to number five with Detroit. Uh, they're looking for a defensive facilitator. I'm saying they're going with Jairus Walker here. Uh, can really... Um, come in and have an immediate impact, plays a sort of Draymond Green type of role. He's not really a great shooter yet. He's a good shooter, but can still develop on that end of the field. I love this fit next to Cade and Jaden Ivey, Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey. Uh, he can really come in, like I said, kind of become that Draymond Green type of role. I could see kind of like Cade, Jaden Ivey, and Jairus Walker kind of becoming that next Golden State kind of core like Damian, or uh, like Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green were. Uh, with Monty Williams at the helm, I really think that this Detroit Pistons team has a lot to look forward to moving forward. I'd give this fit an A just because of all of the reasons that I stated just beforehand. If we're moving on to number six now, which is the Orlando Magic, they're looking for a combo guard, uh, somebody that can score, somebody that can facilitate, and somebody that can really play defense uh, on that side of the floor. Uh, I'm going to say a pretty hot take here, I think, for most uh, NBA mock drafts. I'm going to take Kaysen Wallace, the six foot three, 190 pound 
195-pound point guard out of Kentucky. And Kentucky guards are known to produce more at an NBA level than what they show in college. And Wallace proved a lot during his time at Kentucky, uh, really being able to play an on-ball role and an off-ball role, really shining in both roles, uh, can really, like I said, score and facilitate. Not really able to create his own shot, more of a catch-and-shoot type of threat. Not great at finishing inside of the lane, uh, can really kind of float the ball in, though. He's got great touch around the rim there. Uh, On the other end of the floor, though, really high-energy type of player, can really come in. Uh, and give you that high-energy defense, can really, um, really strong player. He's built. He's got that core strength. Uh, he's really going to stay solid uh, to the floor. You know, he's just going to stick to, I mean, if you tried to push him over, I'm sure, you know, he's not even going to move. He's he's just bolted into the floor at this point. I'm giving this fit an A uh, just because, Uh, If you look at what the Magic are building right now, I would say that he fits the mold that they're looking to build over in Orlando. We're looking at the Indiana Pacers now at 7. They're looking for a shooting four-man. I have them taking Taylor Hendricks out of UCF. Uh, Hendricks will be another mid-level school product who will prove to have starter, if not all-star potential, in the years to come. Um, and he can shoot off of pick and pops, plays high-level defense, especially in the post, can block with either hand, uh, really sends the ball into the floor rather than into the stands. He really seems to want to, like, smash the ball, almost kind of like a volleyball spike into the floor when he's blocking on the other end of things. Um, But on the offensive end of the floor, um, not the greatest finisher at the rim, uh, but can really shoot it from the deep. Um, He's going to be one of those players that I think is going to be uh, a high floor, low ceiling type of player. He's not really looking like he could be anything more than maybe like a three or four time all-star, if you were to ask me. Uh, but pairing him up next to Miles Turner, along with Tyrese Halliburton, I think that is going to be uh, a dominant front court duo in the years to come, uh, just as well as a dominant big three in the years to come, especially with Benedict Matherin uh, and Buddy Heald on the other end of the floor as well we're looking at the Washington Wizards at eight and you know I I don't really know I originally had them needing point guard and defense this is when they still had Bradley Beal Bradley Beal has now since been traded to Phoenix uh, for Chris Paul Landry Shamit and a handful of second round picks and pick swaps Uh, so kind of a Ferrari for a bag of change Uh, in this case um, I don't really know what they're doing with Chris Paul. It sounds like that they're going to be uh, hopefully trading him, maybe waving him, allowing him to go sign with a contender. Um, but in the meantime, I still have them taking a point guard with defense. I mean, they've, they've got to start this rebuild somehow. They've traded Kristaps Porzingis as well. Um, I have them taking Anthony Black out of Arkansas. Uh, Black is the best point of attack uh, defender in the draft, Lonzo Ball type of point guard, long six foot seven, who's a do it all type guy. He needs to improve his shot from deep, um, but he can really facilitate for his teammates. Uh, really plays that high end type of defense. A leader, someone who wants to just go out and win. Just, just your average, not really average, a good basketball player. Not, not average, a good basketball player. Like I said, I give this fit a B plus, um, just because I really don't know. Um, what the Wizards would look to build with right now. I know they have Denny Avgia and uh, they have Corey Kispert. Uh, They've got young pieces that they're kind of looking to build with right now. Uh, They had Kuzma. Kuzma just 
uh, Kyle Kuzma. He just declined his player option for $13 million, now looking to sign a deal in the market of around $30 million. I can't imagine there's a lot of teams looking to sign him for that kind of money. Anyway, we're moving on to the Utah Jazz, who are looking for a first option. And <clears throat> lucky enough, I could see them going with one of either of these two players. Uh, and either of these two players could be a great option for you. I don't really know if one of them could be a first option. I know the other one can be, but uh, out of Cam Whitmore and Asar Thompson, I have the Jazz taking Cam Whitmore with the ninth overall pick. Whitmore has a long way to go to develop his playmaking skills, but other than that, he has a NBA frame and the ability to get to the hoop and create his own shot. Uh, he does have tunnel vision from time to time, though. Not a great playmaker. Not somebody who's looking to really facilitate for his teammates or get them the ball. Uh, I would really say that if they're able, if the Jazz are able, which I know that they're able to, because they've always had great developmental uh, skills for years and years and years. Doesn't matter who the ownership's been. Doesn't matter uh, who the coaching's been. They've always had great development. Uh, and in this case. I would say that if the if the Jazz are able to take Cam Whitmore and they're able to develop his playmaking ability, I really think that Cam Whitmore could be one of those guys that turns into like a Jimmy Butler type player who can really kind of lead your team to a championship. I could see, I mean he's only 18 years old, 6'7", 230 pounds. I mean, the dude's a freaking he's a semi truck with a Ferrari's accelerator, man. It's it's unbelievable the type of, you know, control that he has for himself, just the how much strength that he has, you know, just at that age and just the type of dude that he is. I mean, he seems like a good, good all-around human being, and I would love to have him on our Utah Jazz. And now we're looking at pick 10 for the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, I had, I don't, <laughs> I mean, I have them looking for a point guard or defense now, uh, one or the other in this case, um, with Kyrie Irving's uh, free uh, free agency up in question whether or not they are going to re-sign him. Um, if Taylor Hendricks had fallen this far in the draft, I would have had them take him. Um, but you have a sore Thompson that fell this far, and you're very very lucky that he did. Um, I mean, while he's not the greatest shooter, he is a do everything else guard with explosive athleticism, high basketball IQ, and a high upside. Uh, he's got a high floor, high upside high uh, ceiling so at this point it really does not matter um i mean he's he's gonna come in and he's gonna make a difference and an impact right out the gate for you so i'd give this fit a b uh just because i mean it doesn't really fill a position of need uh, he plays more of a shooting guard type of position and they're really look, looking for more of like i said uh, a point guard or kind of like that big guy that big four mobile big four man and there's really no uh, big mobile four that I could see them taking here at 10 as of right now. So a sore Thompson going at 10 with the Dallas Mavericks. We're moving over to the Orlando Magic at 11. Uh, they're looking for shooting. They desperately, desperately need it. And I have them taking Grady Dick out of Kansas. Uh, Dick has questions at the defensive end, but I would compare him to Clay Thompson in terms of his offensive production. Total sniper, no dip in his shot. He can get it up over defenders quick. Will be perfect alongside the current Orlando Magic core that they have with Paolo Bancaro, Franz Wagner, or Franz Wagner, and Wendell Carter Jr. And then you have Cason Wallace there as well. I think if you're the Orlando Magic, you are ecstatic uh, with this draft. Grady Dick, 6'8", like 220 pounds. He can get up up and over the defense he's got a smooth smooth fluid jump shot can shoot great from three especially on catch and shoots uh, i really think 
that he can thrive over in that Orlando Magic system, especially um, if he can develop into a starter for them. I have them having an A for that grade. We're moving over to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, They're looking kind of just for the best upside talent. Uh, They have a stash of draft picks. Uh, They have a great future ahead of them. The future is bright in OKC. They have Shai Gilgis-Alexander. They have um, Josh Giddey. They have Lou Dort. Uh, You have Poku. You have Chet Holmgren, who hasn't even played yet. Uh, So you really can't go wrong in any of these spots. I forgot to even mention Jalen Williams. You really can't go wrong here, but I have them taking Bilal Koulibaly out of the Metropolitan's 92. Victor Wembenyama's teammate, Koulibaly, is rising on a lot of draft boards, and it's clear why. He is a six foot eight wing with a seven foot two wingspan, who plays great defense and can do everything on both ends. Needs to continue to show he can shoot from deep, but all signs point to the fact that he can. I'm giving this fit a B plus just because I know OKC's kind of type of uh, vibe that they have for the type of player that they're looking for. They're always kind of looking for that upside European prospect. Uh, Bilal Koulibaly fits this perfectly. I give this fit a B plus uh, just because uh, he can come in, slide in, maybe play uh, some role player minutes for you, maybe develop into a starter. Um, but like I said, B plus Bilal Koulibaly at 12 for the Oklahoma City Thunder. At 13, we have the Toronto Raptors. Uh, They're looking for a combo guard uh, just because it looks like, as of right now, they're trying to keep their current core together. Uh, But Fred Van Vliet uh, just recently declined his player option for next season, uh, making him an unrestricted free agent for this upcoming offseason. So in case Fred Van Vliet decides not to re-sign, you go with the backup option and you draft a guy out of Michigan like Kobe Bufkin. Uh, You know, Bufkin serves as the perfect replacement He's a combo guard who can create his own offense on and off the ball. Long, lanky, gritty on defense. I mean, perfect culture guy to add to Toronto's rebuilding core. I mean, you know, you're, he's the the kind of guy that you're looking for. I mean, he honestly could end up being one of those guys that you look back at and you go, how did he not go higher? I mean, how was he not in the top 10? You know, how did a guy like... Uh, you know, Cason Wallace or a guy like Anthony Black go over a guy like Kobe Bufkin, you know. But I have this grade at a B uh, just because, you know, it was a short period of time that Bufkin showed this type of behavior. It was only a six-week stretch where he really showed that he can take over an offense uh, and create his own shot. Um, but like I said, uh, Bufkin could be one of those guys that we look at Uh, moving forward as how did we not have him higher up on our draft boards. And last but not least, we're looking at the last pick in the lottery for this 2023 NBA draft. That is the New Orleans Pelicans, and they're desperately in need of shooting right now. Desperately. And if you ask me, I think the perfect guy that could come in off the bench and just fill that role is Jordan Hawkins out of UConn. I mean, this team could spread the floor with Zion, I mean, I should say Jordan Hawkins could come in and help this team spread the floor with Zion Williamson, and uh, I mean, he just fills that need of just being that guy that can just come off of screens and just catch and shoot for you. Zion's that kind of player who's like LeBron, where it's, you need to just surround him with shooters. He can come in, he can play make, you know, he can, uh, he's a high-level athlete, huge body, huge frame, can dunk over anybody, 6'7", I think he's 6'6", 6'7", 285 pounds last that I 
checked, uh, but the dude can jump out of the building. Uh, so you get a guy like Jordan Hawkins to put around a guy like Zion Williamson uh, moving forward for your future. But that is all that we have here uh, on the fourth quarter podcast. Really appreciate you guys listening in. Hope to uh, have you guys listen in. Furthermore, really appreciate everything that you guys have done thus far. We're going to keep you guys in the loop as we talk about all things sports. Uh, but for now, we will go ahead and see you guys next time. So make sure to tune in for next time.